We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I told you Giannis had that look in his eyes, guys. 59-29, Bucks over the Celtics in the second quarter. He's like, at the end of the day, the Bucks will be just fine. <laughs> he does say that a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, I That's never really noticed it until yeah. you pointed it out. I yeah. guess it just kind of goes over. I, I don't listen to him talk enough. Yeah. And you obviously heard it a million times. I used to hate covering the Bucks, to be honest with you guys. Because one, and like when they built the Pfizer Forum, like originally there was no seats, so you had to stand while you were covering the game. So oh, I would no. just, yeah, I was like, wait in the locker room. And then obviously there's only one guy that you need sound for, and it's Giannis. Giannis. And like Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, everybody else was like, all right, we're going to like take a quick shower and get the hell out of here and go live our lives. Giannis would come in there. He would hold like all these children for whatever reason. Like <laughs> people would just bring them like their babies and he would like just hold them and like bless them. Bring me your babies. Then he would go take an ice bath. Then he would like discover that there's free bottles of water. So he would need to like hydrate. And then an hour and a half after the, the final buzzer, you got your Giannis sound. And he says the same stuff every yeah. single time. <laughs> the end of the day, uh, we'll be fine. Well, he's got 14 points, six rebounds, and three assists right now. It's now 61-31, 4-16 to go big, in the first half. Big Bobby Portis game. 16 yep. points, nine rebounds, one steal. Nine freaking rebounds in the four minutes left in the second quarter for Bobby Portis. Well, you know, you could see it in his eyes to start the game, Trista. He really was uh, locked in and ready to go for this game. Bobby Portis so always looks locked in. Yes, he always is. Big eyes, and he's ready to roll. Rob Brown's always ready to go, too. Jumps on with us. The fan upstate. Uh, bet for the cycle of BetQL. So, the last 48 hours, we have had some of the most bomb dropping. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it because it'd be a Woj bomb. We don't have Woj bombs. I, the last 48 hours when it comes to coaching in the NFL and then Nick Saban on top of that in college football, I can't think of another time where we've ever had this much chaos and this many surprises with so many big names on the coaching side of things. Ryan said something interesting early in the show. He said, I'm almost more interested in all of these coaching decisions and where guys are going to go than even the games this weekend. Can you think of a time where we've had more chaos in terms of just coaches and big names surrounding football can we start with the fact that you were hating on my man for appreciating some free bottled water i work in radio guys <laughs> free bottles of water are a perk of the job man uh no look it's 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 wild and down here in sec country uh it has been hilarious i love nothing more in life right now than the Bama fans that are showing up at the Nick Saban statue because, yes, they built him a statue while he was not only still alive, but still actively coaching the team and dropping flowers and chocolates at its feet as if Nick Saban was our most recently dearly departed. I think that's the funniest damn thing that's ever happened. Uh, that being said, it is wild. Uh, I loved the reports this morning that Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa and the thought that Bama wouldn't have made this move without already, without already knowing who their guy is. And I'll say something that I'll pose to y'all as a question. Is Alabama the most prestigious job in college coaching right now? Because I think it is, right? And so for them to move on from Nick Saban without knowing who their next guy is is kind of interesting, or I guess I should say allowing Nick Saban to move on from them. Um, you know, we're here in Clemson. We've had the Clemson panic that Dabo was going to leave. I've got friends down in Tallahassee where I used to work. They are terrified that Mike Norvell is going to get offered and accept the job. And that's not even talking about Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. The South has lost its damn mind, ladies and gentlemen. 
and I'm here for it. It's amazing. I agree. I had a little bit of a scare. I, you know, those memes where it's the guy pretending to jump off the roof of his apartment, pretending to drink the bleach. That was me uh, thinking about Dan Lanning going to Alabama. And it turns out Dan Lanning wasn't in Tuscaloosa. Dan Lanning was watching The Born Identity with his kids in Eugene, Oregon, going absolutely no place, having his phone on Do Not Disturb, put together one of the best hype videos I've ever seen, that the grass is green enough in Eugene. And if you're afraid that your coach is going to leave, why don't you come play for us? We're not, I'm not going any place. Uh, what does that say about Oregon as a power, as a team that he believes can accomplish all of his goals uh, now that they're in the Big Ten and potentially Harbaugh goes? Well, the, the, the cynical jackass in me, Trista, says it says Phil Knight is very, very rich. That was the first thought yeah. that I had, uh, is that Dan Lanning is about to be paid, much like me, very handsomely. Uh, I, I, I'm in You're paid handsomely, or you believe you're handsome? Well, listen, I was trying to make something work there, all right? Can you not make it worse? Thank you very much. I was trying to do something, all right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what stories we get. Now, in fairness, the report that Lanning was in Tuscaloosa appears to have originated from some little CBS affiliate TV station in Oregon that basically, like, saw a thread on Reddit where some guy was guessing and they ran with that's it us. as a fact. So that's the good news. But I would also argue the fact that people believed it. It became the story. Dan Lanning's already there. And... If he's in Tuscaloosa, less than nine hours after Nick Saban retires, obviously he's the guy. So uh, there's something to that. Like I said, I, I think Alabama's an interesting job. I, I really do think it is the most prestigious job in college football. And that is because of Nick Saban, let's be very clear. But it is what it is. And I think Alabama has got this mentality of we can hire whoever the hell we want. Like we can just call anybody and go, do you want to be here? And forget the fact that nobody wants to be the guy that is the guy after the guy. The mentality in Tuscaloosa is we can just have whoever the hell we want. And that scares a lot of people. So if you're an Oregon fan, the fact that Dan Lanning not just said no but was putting out social media videos going, yo, this is like, I'm a duck and I'm going to stay a duck and I want to be a duck. And this is my last first job. That's got to make you feel real warm and fuzzy because the thing that is going to plague a lot of these Pac-12 schools moving over to the Big Ten is inconsistency. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's coaches rolling over. It's coaches trying to get better opportunities before this period of tumult when they move over to the new conference. So with Dan Lanning effectively shunning the Alabama job, if they offered it to him, and I can't see why they wouldn't have, I got to think if you're a duck, you're feeling real warm and fuzzy tonight. Rob, tell me if I'm crazy, right? I'm going to play role of you are. Alabama AD. I like to call him <laughs> third leg Greg. All right, and we see three names that are available right now. Kalen DeBoer, that would be my first choice. Mike Norvell would be my second choice. And then the third name I'm seeing... Let me make sure. Tommy Reese. Absolutely not, right? So before I hire Tommy Reese, tell me if this is crazy, right? I'm not the biggest Dion guy. You know how I felt about Colorado. But what do you think about Dion if you surround him with smart football people and you probably get Shador Sanders because you got 30 days, now 29 days to make that work out, an instant upgrade over Milrow. 
Do you think that's crazy? Because Dion could go into any living room in the South and recruit. And I know Alabama kind of speaks for itself, recruits for itself. But wouldn't you rather have like a hype man like Dion and his son rather than Tommy Reese? Like, there's no chance Tommy Reese really gets this job, right? So I have two things. The first is I'm looking at my screen. Is Scott wearing a tie to produce this show? Did he come in in a full suit? We're going to the Boom Boom Room immediately following the show. (laughs) Ruby Rose is in town for Jordan Poole. What are we doing here, buddy? You have me on the show. There's no need for a suit, pal. I'll DM you why, and you'll feel so bad about yourself later. Okay. Yeah. I accept. Listen, the majority of my life is filled with shame and regret, so it's probably just going to be right up that alley. Um, no, listen, it, it's – if you name me coaches like DeBoer, uh, like Norvell, I will take those guys before I take Dion. I love Dion. All right, I'm a I'm a Dion guy. I own a pair of the the sunglasses he's hyping because consider me hashtag influenced. I'm a fan, but stability is the name of the game right now, right? Like we saw Nick Saban retire, and we saw within three minutes the fact that they are hemorrhaging three and five star guys out of that recruiting class. So to me, stability is the name of the game. If I can get a guy that is proven, forget the X's and O's, that he can just maintain a course, that he can just keep a program on the rails, give me, as the Crimson Tide, time to kind of figure out what the post saban era looks like. That's the thing. And if there's one thing you can say about Dion, it's that he is chaos, right? Like, it was chaos when he was at Jackson State. It was chaos when he got to Colorado. Hell, he's in it a year, and it's still chaos at Colorado. So if I can get a guy that's got experience and he's got stability and he can kind of just get us through the tumultuous period of the post Nick Saban era into whatever is next. That's what I want. But if you give me a Tommy Reese, like if Tommy Reese is the best I can do, and I think that's where this conversation splits because there's not a fiber of my being that thinks that Tommy Reese is the best that the university of Alabama can do. (laughs) Right. But if it is, If the best they can do is Tommy Reese, then hell yeah, let's cannonball. Let's see what happens when we make some waves. That being said, I got to think there's a list of top-notch coaches available, or at least that will be available for Alabama should they come calling. That's why the folks at Clemson are nervous that Dabo answers the phone. It's the reason the folks in Tallahassee are nervous that Mike Norvell answers the phone because they've got the resources and they've got the clout to – pretty much grab who they want Bama fans are entitled y'all but it's for a reason what do you think about the rumors that have been circulating about a coach like Brian Dayball going back to Alabama and or any other NFL coach maybe going back to the college game I go back to that stability thing right like it, it is it is one thing to bring in a coach who knows ball? I think there's. I think Brian Dayball staying in New York. I think there's a reason why. I think Mike Vrabel is going to be employed for unemployed for about six days. Vrabel is going to be a guy that's highly sought after. I'm in the Carolinas. I am begging every day on the radio for the Panthers to hire a guy like Mike Vrabel. I think that's the right move. The problem is not do they know X's and O's. It's do they know college ball? It's do they know how to organize the coaching staff at the college level? Do they know how to recruit? Do they know how to schmooze boosters? Do they know how to operate hand-in-hand with NIL collectives and to navigate all of the rules and regulations that the NCAA has in place with that? 
I, I like I said, I think stability is the name of the game. I am looking for somebody who is already at that level, somebody who is already schmoozing boosters, already playing the NIL game, knows how to look at, view, and work the portal, knows how to sit in the living room of a parent. It's a lot different in the NFL when the 52 guys ahead of you are getting paid to be there. And so you can look them in the face and go, hey, you do what I say or you don't get a paycheck versus having to go to Mrs. Johnson, the mom of the five-star recruit, and convince her that your baby's going to be safe with me. He's going to learn how to be a good football player and a super productive member of society, Mrs. Johnson. And I don't see guys like Dable and Vrabel being very good at that aspect of it. So I would be looking for somebody with the college experience just because of how much chaos there's going to be trying to navigate where you go with the departure of the greatest college football coach of all time. You know, Rob, I was going to ask you about wildcard weekend, but I wanted to circle back to the question that you posed that got no answer from us because we didn't get a chance uh, about the most prestigious job in college with it being Alabama. I don't, it is under Nick Saban, right? I don't know if it is in the eyes of a lot of these college coaches now, and I think Dan Lanning gives a good example of that because the college football landscape has really started to smooth itself out a little bit, where it doesn't feel like it's SEC and Alabama specifically, and then everybody's kind of underneath fighting for the recruits. The NIL deals and the transfer portal have allowed so many schools to really even the playing field. Sometimes it's just about a paycheck for these kids, but in the reality, that still exists. And on top of that, for a lot of these coaches, and we'll use Dan Landing as an example because that seemed like that was the clear-cut guy, he would go in there and want to do it his way. But everybody would be like, but you know, look at what we did under Nick, under Saban. It worked that way. Like, why do we have to change things? Why do we have to do this? I think it goes back more than anything to being the guy that follows the guy. And if you're somebody like a Dan Lanning who's establishing himself as maybe the Nick Saban in Oregon, why would you want to take that job? I think it might actually be a little harder than they realize to get somebody in there because you're going to be in the shadow of a giant. Oh, you for sure are. And I, I, I think I said on, on my show today, there are three things that Nick Saban did that made him special. The first is he taught kids how to be a winner. He coached them to be a winner, not coached them to win, right? Like a lot of coaches are going to bring a guy in. They're going to get as much talent out of that guy as they can. And then once they can't do any more for the program, they're going to kick him. Nick Saban, I've, I've been around Alabama's program for a long time. I've got dear friends who played for Nick Saban. He teaches you how to be a winner and then sends you out to win uh, football games. The second thing that Nick Saban did was every time college football changed, he grabbed the mic and he said, is this what we want college football to be? And when America said, yes, Grandpa, this is what we want to do, Nick Saban <laughs> went out there and he did it better than you, right? When the transfer portal came around, he said, is this what we want? And America said, yes. And so Saban worked the portal. When in 2011, college football started shifting to being a five wide wide open offensive game he says is this what we want and we all said yes grandpa it's what we want so he started to go find the Tua's and the Bryce's and the Jalen's and these guys and he opened up the offense and he did it better but the thing that he did better than anybody else was there was one voice in that entire organization yeah. it was Nick's he was the only guy yeah. if you wanted to change the color of your shoelaces Nick Saban had to approve of it and the question mark is, will Bama yeah. give the next guy that leniency? Because if they don't, then why the hell yeah. would you want to be there? Yeah. Got to roll, Rob. Rob Brown, it's Bet MGM tonight.